Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I love telling people that Jim Beam has a fire department. Because a lot of times they're like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, but do you understand that like Jim Beam has a fire department? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome to episode 21 of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, and since you already read it in the uh, show title, I'll just go ahead and say it. Today we have the very special Chief, the, the, oh my the lead commander-in-chief, Chief <laughs> Mercer from uh, Jim Beam. I uh, figured you'd like that uh, opener there, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. That's, that's nice, man. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. We've been trying to I'm get excited. this happening for a while, and uh, we're glad it's finally here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, me too, man. So to get this started, we always start with a bottle pop. We're doing, uh, in the honor of Jim Beam, we're doing Jim Beam Single Barrel, and we've had this bottle for a while. This is barrel number 5391. I don't know if you ever touched that one or not. For the sake of the show, he physically moved that barrel himself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. This is Kevin's barrel. That's uh, right. So I'm going to give it a little pop just to... Get it started. Oh, oh, it's nice. Yeah, it smells really good. I'm excited. What are you drinking on? First, I have Woodenville bourbon whiskey. 90 proof. Let's see here. I got to get this plastic off. I love that you said plastics. I love that you said first, which tells me you got to line up of things to drink. <laughs> a couple things. Yeah, yeah, they're not all gin beam. So that's all right. So we're going to open this thing up. Oh, oh that's a good one. That's nice. Let me hear them gloves. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So y'all have had Jim Beam single barrel before? This, Take it. Uh, I think Gus has. I have, yeah. Yeah, this is my first time. Maybe. Oh, boy. I was like, you know, I like Jim Beam white label, and uh, Gus does too. Uh, and I usually, if I'm buying Jim Beam, it's that. And then when the real peel batch came out, I got all funky about it because I like the bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, do y'all like the repeal? I do. I like it as a, I throw it on ice and I could just sit and watch TV and it's fine. Oh, yeah. I like the, the non-chill filtered, man. That's. I feel like sometimes it removes too much of that fatty, like oily mouthfeel that I like. Yeah, I do too, man. I'm gonna take a I sniff on this. You smell anything fun, Gus? I still, re- <laughs> I'm still. Uh, so I had COVID like three weeks ago, so I'm still lacking oh, no taste kidding. and smell. I think I can smell this though. 
I mean, it's it's all the all the notes that are classic with Jim Beam. I love it. Yeah, that's good. How would you? What are you smelling over there? This is the Woodenville. You get anything it good? Smells pretty good. I'm interested to know your thoughts on it. Oh gosh, you don't want to know my thoughts. Oh, we don't. <laughs> we don't do like the oh this and that. We do. Uh, yeah, it smells like uh, my grandma's sock drawer. <laughs> That's that's more my my speed there. Yeah, that yeah. we're the same way. What, what does it remind you of? I don't I don't want to know all the all the different compounds that you get. And I'm not uh, sure I know what caramel smells like. To be honest with you. <laughs> Shut your mouth! You can't say that. <laughs> True. So no, yeah, it smells good. There's not a. I'm not getting a whole lot out of it, honestly. Is that a disappointment? Well, it's lower proof. Do you like to stick around? I mean, you like this uh, Granddad 114, but do, do you like to stick around 100? Or do you have I a- like to go. Yeah, I like the higher proof. That's actually real good, man. I like it. Uh, but the low proof, it, it just takes me a while to get used to it again, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just used to the higher proof stuff. I'm the same way. The low, everything low proof to me tastes kind of bland and weak. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty good stuff, man. I like it. I've been told that uh, if you're a true expert, you stick around a hundred because that was that was like the benchmark. That's the proof area, and you should be there. And it's bottle and bond, or you know, I don't oh, know. Okay. I, don't, I I honestly don't buy into many theories when it comes to bourbon. We we always say that we like <laughs> bourbon how you like it. Yeah, that's right, man. And that that's like a you know Booker no Fred no and all them our master distillers. That's the way they are, man. If you like if you like it with Coke, then drink it with Coke. You know. You like yeah. it neat, drink it with neat. Yeah. I like right. to I like to mirror like if I'm in a social environment and everybody's mixing it, then you know, I'll pour a mixer. If everybody's drinking it neat, I'll I'll drink it neat. It's I don't wanna I find myself not wanting to be or come across as that pretentious snob who everyone's you know, everyone's mixing, but I have to have my Glen Cairn and it's the only way I'm gonna drink it. <laughs> that's right. I, I gotta that's right. I have to tape my pinky finger to the glass so I don't pick it up too much. <laughs> Fancy pants there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did, we do the same thing. When we go to these whiskey classes, that's that's one of the one we teach a lot of whiskey, we teach whiskey classes. That's one of the things that we start out with is uh, whatever you're walking in the door with, leave it at the door because we're not going to do anything you think you're, we're going to do. And that's always been our mantra. Like this company started as a we want to go to hunt clubs and just teach people about whiskey because the community in hunting and the community in the whiskey, the people are very similar. There may not be all hunters or all whiskey drinkers, but the people, the community, the camaraderie, just being together, it's always been, that was kind of the point. But now we do what you do, which is, uh, I mean, other than the firefighting part, but. Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with, uh, I don't think we need to start in the beginning. I know that it's a process at Jim Beam and you kind of move up from, what'd you start as? What were your starting? Well, I mean, I'm pretty much. I don't want to say the lowest of the low, but I mean, you know, you start off as a general helper. Um, so that's kind of, a, uh, you know, they call it the, like the labor pool, but you're doing anything, anything and everything. They could, they could call you to do anything at any time. So, you know, I spent time in the warehouses and the barrel trucks. Uh, I mean, even weed eating the property. I mean, you know, you do a little bit of everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where I started. And your current and, position, other than firefighting? 
Because I, I love this part of your story. That's why I keep bringing it up. <laughs> well, y'all are kind of with it. You know, y'all are, we're kind of right there together. But my current position is a, actually a carpenter. So uh, that's why you see so many warehouse pictures in my, in my posts. I'm a warehouse carpenter. So if anything breaks, I fix it. And which is it makes that simple on our, on our alley. So does that include mainly Rick houses or is it you're fixing barrels too? Uh, mostly Rick houses. Yeah. Um, I've fixed barrels and other jobs that I've had there when I worked in the craft distillery and stuff, we fixed barrels there, but, um, yeah, mostly just Rick houses. Carpentry's uh, awesome. Gus is really good at it. He does the majority of our woodworking. I'm always jealous at his patience and skill. That's the biggest, <laughs> that's the biggest thing, but I don't claim to be good at it at all. I think between the two of us, I just have more patience for it. And I always think about like, <laughs> like he, he growing up did a lot of work on cars and I didn't. And so I always oh, think yeah. about like working on an engine, like you bang on stuff, you, you shove shit really hard. You, you know, you, you bang things with wrenches and you can't treat wood that way. It doesn't always respond properly. So that's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, he, he's like, I, I tried to make this and I just, uh, you know, when I did, I was, you know, show me what you did. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. Now you can't, you can't use a 14 pound hammer for that. You have to, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. I, I, I enjoy it, especially doing, and I can't imagine the kind of smells and things you get to experience walking around a, a Rick house. But when we are, when we're working and making the products we make and cutting into these staves, uh, the smell that comes out of those barrels is, uh, is probably one of my favorite things about the whole process. Oh yeah, I bet. I mean, you're talking about years of years of flavor soaked in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. What does a Rick house smell like mold? <sighs> well, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, some of them do. I mean, that's kind of the reality of it, but, uh, you know, the, I don't even know how to explain what a Rick house smells like. I mean, I think if anybody has ever been in one, they know, I mean, it, it smells like whiskey, wood. I mean, it's just a, it's a whole other smell. Kind of like a tax store. If you've been in a tax store, you know what that smells like. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's <laughs> Interesting. Exactly. You never forget it, you know? Right. So, that, so working in these warehouses makes you perfect for the fire chief role because you know them in and out. It does, yeah. And, you know, these warehouses, I think the earliest warehouse that we have on property is mid thirties, mid early thirties. Oh, wow. So, um, and I just work in the Claremont area, um, which kind of encompasses the areas around because Jim Beam, you know, after prohibition and all that, they bought up these smaller distilleries. So we have warehouses all over. Um, but you know, different companies build warehouses, different ways. Um, they're just all different. They're laid out different, everything. Really? So, uh, so it's great to know the layout of these warehouses, how they're built, uh, you know, the condition that it's in, um, you know, you learn everything, you know, through inspecting them every day. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's really, it just really complements, you know, the fire department side a lot. And I get to see a lot of the plant too. You know, I'm always, I'm always around the plant. So, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, it's the same way I'm sure with military guys like you all, are, you know, knowing your surroundings, being aware of everything is, I mean, it's everything, you know, 
Definitely. So, uh, do so when you um, you know, for places like uh, like an airport, for example, a fire department that's responsible for an airport, they have some pretty specialized training they have to do to deal with things like you know, um, jet fuel or, or you know, aircraft grade oh, fuel yeah. and things like that. Do you guys have to do any sort of specialized training for dealing with fires in a building full of alcohol <laughs> or well, a, a plant that's making you know ethanol <laughs> that kind of thing? Absolutely. I mean, there's. There's a lot of, there's a lot to that. I mean, um, and a lot of our training is just around alcohol fires, um, because it is different, you know, it's a different, it's a whole other ball game, especially when you're talking about that much, you know, that much alcohol. Yeah. Um, you know, you're dealing with runoff. Um, you know, a lot of it is just talking to the, the old fire chiefs, the old firefighters from like where I live, I live in Barstown. So, you know, we've had warehouses, warehouse fires, I mean, quite a lot, you know, through over the years. And a lot of these guys lived it and they learned it. And I mean, that's the best knowledge you can get. Yeah. There's no better way to learn for sure. I was reading that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine, man. Uh, Our, you know, our trainers, they actually go to state fire schools and teach the same, some of the same classes they teach us. So, you know, we've taught them and they've taught us, you know, so. Yeah kind of a good combo you know yeah for sure i was reading that the uh, 2003 fire that it killed 19,000 fish i don't know who, who counted that number but oh yeah <laughs> uh, you know i've i've learned a lot of things over the years uh and just weird things but um but so not really a funny story but i started working at jim beam let's see in april of 03 Oh, when, wow. what was the date on that? August like May? 4th. Was it August? So it was yeah. a couple months after I started. Um, and damn, what's that like? Uh, three months on the job? <laughs> it's a huge fire. It, Stored an entire where like 15,000 barrels. It was nuts. And, um, you know, and being Barstown, I mean, my parents live like a quarter mile away from, you know, the warehouse. But I remember going home that afternoon and seeing the smoke and, you know, I mean, it's like, it was pretty unreal at the time I wasn't on the fire department at work. So, um, but you know, even then I wanted to, I still wanted to get in there and get it, you know, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so funny story real quick. They, they actually, they, I guess it's the EPA, I, I, I would assume, but they actually go and gather up all the fish that are dead or whatever. They separate them into what types of fish. And then that is how they figure out how much to charge you. Oh, because, wow. You know, so like oh, each, no. like, so like every pound of fish of a certain type is, you know, X amount of money or whatever. Right. So, so that's how they get like how much they charge you as a company for that. Holy I have cow. no idea, but. Did they charge you a fine for uh, killing them out of season? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't even know how much they find them for that stuff, but, um, what a I mean, process. it's, I mean, it's I, really, I mean, it's, it's devastating. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm laughing about it, making light of it, but man, I mean, ah, time heals all wounds. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it makes me wonder. Now like we it. have a, <laughs> we have new warehouses in that site now and nice. Makes me wonder if, if Jim Beam hired someone to be like, hey, go make sure the EPA or whomever it was is not, you know, 
counting double or you know so it's some poor <laughs> guy some poor guy got hired to go to have to go Might sit be. and count fish <laughs> i'm gonna pop you know, this i was in the labor pool at the time i was president make me go you know but, <laughs> yeah. um but they actually did have people there um uh, you know i've talked to some of the i say old timers and they'll kick my ass for saying it later but uh some of the older guys that have been there a long time and um but they were stationed there and they were you know, during them counting and all that stuff. And wow. I mean, they were there for, they had around the clock, you know, people there. So man, it's crazy. Pretty interesting. So you were there for the 2019 fire. You were in the fire department then. Maybe. No. <laughs> yes, I was. Okay. Uh, and that was in, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not, uh, which, which, uh, I don't know where the on. only thing I wrote down was 20. It was uh, July 3rd, 2019, $45 million. Which I'm... Gosh, man. Yeah. So um, that was actually in, you know, um, it's in Frankfurt, I believe. It's in Frankfurt or Lawrenceburg, um, which is about a little over an hour away from our plant. So long ap- out of our jurisdiction. Um, the So it was up to the municipal fire department to take care of that one. Um, they've done, they did a wonderful job. I mean, we lost two warehouses, Oof. some things you just can't help. You know, you have to protect as much as you can and, you know, cut your losses, I guess. But yeah, I was there for sure. I was, uh, and it, it sucks being so far too, cause you know, there isn't much you can really do. Yeah. It's your stuff and you can't do nothing about there it. There was many, I want to say there was like four or five departments that responded to that before it was all said and done. Um, and I've seen the the video footage, the surveillance footage of that. Um, it was actually a lightning strike that started that fire. Wow. Oh, man. Um, and it was a sprinkled warehouse. So you could tell, you know, a lot of the fire, the fire service, they teach you how to read smoke and, you know, that kind of thing uh, to better prepare yourself for what's inside. But, um, but on the surveillance video, you could actually see, the, you know, the smoke turning a little lighter once the sprinklers kicked on. Um, but there's just so much you can do. Yeah. Um, once, once you get a couple busted barrels, I mean, it's, it's just a river at that point, you know, it's not much stopping it really. So do, um, do you guys in, in those facilities, do you guys utilize any sort of fire suppression other than just water? Do you guys use any sort of chemical or foam or anything different? Uh, we do use foam. Yeah. Um, we're, we train in foam a lot. Yeah. Um, foam, foam is a bit tricky. Uh, you don't, um, you don't use it unless you have enough to put the fire out basically. So, you know, putting a half of what you need, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to do anything. So, um, so if we have something big, it's, you know, it's really hard to get that much foam on hand when you need it, you know, so, um, so something big, I'm not sure we would always use foam, but, okay. um, but I know yeah, small stuff. Yeah. I know uh, Matt and I work kind of our day jobs are, are in it. And, and one thing that data centers used to use, I don't think it's allowed anymore. It's been phased out and retired as uh hail. I think it's Halon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause they, it would suck the oxygen out of the air, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. which is great for saving expensive it equipment, but not great for people who might get to be stuck in the, uh, in the building, um, is there any equivalent to, to that that you guys use maybe in the, in the, um, and I'm getting super nerdy here for 
for the listeners, but um, like maybe in the factory, or the, I mean the um, the plant or anything like that, or is it, is is water your main go to? We we do strictly water. Yeah, okay. we we have huge systems of water. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine you have but, lots of it since you have to use it to distill distill alcohol, right? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you pump it straight out the river. Uh, well, we have water basins oh, okay. mostly. Um, so like the main plant, it's um, powered by. Let's see, it has two 2,500-gallons-a-minute uh, diesel pumps. Wow. And Holy cow. it's coming straight from the lake from across the street to the plant. Um, and we have other other sites that didn't have that abundance of water, like a big lake or whatever. So we have, uh, let's see, 500,000-gallon tanks that are powered by city water. Wow. So once it gets down to a certain level, it'll fill back up with city water. Wow. So, yeah, we, we have a new site. Well, two of our newest sites have those big tanks with city water. They could fill the kids' pool up real quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Since we're on the topic of it, the uh, we had talked before, and in, in I slid into your DMs, and we were talking about uh, the Whiskey Row Fire and all the lessons that were learned from that. Um. I guess one of them would be not to stack warehouses on elevation so the top one catches on fire and then the river fire flows to the next one. <laughs> were there, were there yeah. other things learned? Uh, man, uh, I believe you're talking about the Heaven Hill fire. Yeah, the Heaven it, Hill fire, yep. It, it was unbelievable, to say the least. Um, that was probably the, the biggest lesson learned there for sure. And I know... Um, being, being for one, and I'm sure a lot of them did the same thing, but um, they pretty much set retention basins around the warehouses. Um, as far as berms go, they would build up a berm around it. So you could capture that before it, you know, rolled downhill. Because, I mean, let's face it, most distilleries are built around, you know, creeks, rivers, you know, mm-hmm. water sources. So they're always low. So all distilleries are pretty much built somewhere on a hill. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. just the way it is. So, uh, so you just have to work around with what you have. So, so for the, for listeners who might not quite understand what you're describing, it would be kind of like a reverse moat, right? Instead of it being already filled with water, it's just designed to capture anything from flowing away from the building. That's right. Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, it's that simple, you know, it's, uh, Sometimes it's the easiest things that yeah. help, you know, yeah. and nothing's, you know, nothing's foolproof. Things are going to happen, you know, um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully it gives you enough time to react and go on with plan B or C. You sure. Know? And in and, and the fires that have happened, whether it's been Jim Beam or other things you guys have studied or learned has, what's been the most common cause you mentioned lightning earlier. Uh, is that common or is it other things? Yeah, I, I would say lightning strikes are probably the most common. Um, I'm not sure, you know, and like, I don't even know if like the Heaven Hill fire, even if they came up with a reason, a reason. Um, I've heard lightning, I've heard electrical, okay. you know, issues. Um, and that's something else Jim Beam has been doing. Well, I guess they started last year where they're updating all their, um, their lightning rods, their, yeah. I don't yeah. know what you call it, but yeah, you know, they're the lightning rods, they're the grounding cables. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
and really the laws on that or the regulations on that are huge right now. I mean, they're, they're throwing down a lot of money to get those, you know, up to code when they don't need really need to get it up to code. Sure. You know, already grandfathered in or whatever. I, I imagine those, those rick houses aren't like, you know, they're not, they're not state of the art buildings in terms of they're not full of insulation and a lot of electronics. And I mean, it's got power for lights, I assume, and maybe, uh, maybe water throughout and, and part of the sprinkler system. But other than that, right, it's, there's not a whole lot in them. They probably have barcode scanners <laughs> in them now, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the barcodes are on the barrels now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for inventory purposes. I mean, really there's nothing, like you said, there's nothing to them. You have the fire system, you have some lights, um, the warehouse crew, they use uh, some machines um, to get the barrels down from the ricks, you mm. know, rickers, and uh, we call them low raters. Uh, low raters? Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like so that. it's basically lifting the barrels up, and the other one takes the barrels down safely. Okay. So, but, you know, those are like, you know, they have to plug those in or whatever. They're hydraulic lifts uh, okay. or whatever. But, I mean, there's really not that much to them. There's no real insulation. Um we don't heat or cool ours. So, right. um, you know, you're not really dealing with that. Um, and they have updated, um, the last couple of years, they're updating all the, um, all the electric, the service, the electric services. They're doing a lot of work to their warehouses right now and to make them safer for the workers and just safer in general. So, yeah, you know, cool. let's, let's do some Rick house terminology for people that probably don't know. So, they may not even know what a rick house is. So, well, let you, I mean, a rick house is where, okay. So it's called a rick house because it has ricks in it, right? It has nothing to do with the barrels, but the barrels sit <laughs> on the right, ricks. Yeah. Is that basically the reason it's called that? Yeah. I mean, basically. Uh, so these are the aging warehouses, is, is what these are. Yeah. When the barrels go to age, you know, they have to put them somewhere. So um, they have a three tier system, you know, one, two, and three, and uh, they're called ricks. Um, you know, the, the engineering on those are like pretty fascinating, really. I, I really enjoy that kind of thing anyway, but, um, but the way, you know, cause you're distributing a lot of weight in a ton, 500 pounds of barrel, you know, yeah, 500 pounds of barrel, the new warehouses hold 50, almost 58,000 barrels. Wow. Holy cow. I mean, so you're talking about huge buildings, uh, the older the older warehouses are right around 24, you know, 23, yeah. 24,000 barrels, which is still a ton. It's 29 you know? million uh, pounds. <laughs> 29 million go. pounds. It's really, it's really concentrated, too. Like, has anybody ever done any studies to see if these buildings are sinking at a really slow rate? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's part of my job is to make sure that's not happening. Um, oh, so I was joking. So that is a concern? Oh yeah. Wow. Well, you know, before they build the warehouses, they, they drill down, oh, make yeah, sure yeah. they have a solid foundation. I mean, they do, they do what they can, you know, sure. but I mean, yeah, I'm always, we're always looking for foundation issues, um, structural issues. Yeah. I mean, we have such a shallow water table and so much swamp around here. I don't think they could build something like that here. Well, we ha they have one in Walmala, but it's not, it's nowhere near that big. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, there's a there's a Rick House in Wamala that one of the local distilleries uses. Um, but it, it's definitely not that big. I've been there, and then they have another Rick House right behind that's basically like your grandpa's equipment shed. I mean, it's <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know how much is in there. I'd I'd guess maybe a thousand barrels at, at the most. Oh okay. Um, but so this wood that that the Ricks are made of that's 
what is there a certain type they like to like we know whiskey barrels are american white oak if they can that's um, right yeah have to be white oak for bourbon i guess it has to be white oak so like the old the old rick houses they're um they use oak for all the lumber inside okay um you know lumber being the prices it is now you know <laughs> uh you know so um a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go with the harder oak for like maybe the bottom floors uh, for the structural pieces for the bottom floors. And then they'll transition over to pine, um, like rough cut. Pine. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's mostly what you get anymore is pine just because it's, you know, the cheapest it, it's cheaper. Yeah. I mean, and it's still, it's still expensive. You know, they, these new warehouses have over a million board feet in each warehouse. Wow. So, I mean, you think about that with the prices and, have you noticed uh, the structural difference between pine and oak? Because pine seems to be a softer wood, really. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why the bottom floors, the structural pieces are usually oak, just because it gives you that added, you know, that added structure you know, with the harder wood. So you mentioned the engineering of it was really cool. Was there a, a piece of that that you were specifically referring to for the rickhouses? Well, I mean, being a carpenter pretty much my whole life. I'm, I'm interested in that kind of thing anyway. Yeah, we but, are too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and I don't know, have y'all been, have y'all been to any distilleries around here or? We haven't been to Jim Bean. No. Um, okay. I, I went to, uh, I went to the Jack Daniels distillery when I was younger, but not, not old enough to really appreciate what I was. <laughs> my wife's seeing. actually been to more distilleries than I have. She, she's been <laughs> makers or, uh, Oh, really? Uh, I don't know. She's been to a bunch of them in Kentucky. Is she a bourbon drinker? Yeah, she is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's good. a happy house here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to these warehouses. Um, you know, they may look kind of old and crusty and stuff to most people, but there's a lot going on inside. Um, I think, I mean, as far as the engineering goes, I think the most, the cool thing that most people like about, about these is, you know, you, you have so much weight in them. Um, when we place the barrels in for aging, you really have to be careful of where you put them. You don't want to overload one side or one floor uh, yeah. or one whatever, because I mean, it's wood and it can lean. So that's another part of my job is to make sure these warehouses aren't leaning a certain way too much, whatever. So, you know, if you're leaning one way, you can, backload the other you know the opposite side of the warehouse to kind of even it out it's amazing so you can actually see it way like level out different well so okay so each warehouse has well the new ones have six we try to put six in all even the old ones but um they have plumb bobs they go from the very top all the way down Uh, to the bottom floor and there's we set up these targets in the bottom that you know show where it should be and where it's at so, like, I mean, you could have those warehouses so big, you'd have a one corner kind of lean into one side or wow. whatnot. And, you know, and it's going to lean. I mean, that's just the way they are. That's just <laughs> what a warehouse is. There's a lot of weight in there, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so we're just looking for anything that's, you know, abnormal, I guess, you know. That's part of that old but, school knowledge. We're like, don't freak out if it leans because they lean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty amazing, man. And, um, you know, just the whole thing, like, and 
even in like the summer, like the bottom floors are always really cool. And the top floors are always super, super hot. Um, and I don't know the science behind it. I just know that it's really cool because when, when you're in the summer and you're on the bottom floor, you know, sometimes it's like having air conditioning, you know, in there. I know you got to go rotate the them floor. around. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the reason yep. why they rotate them. Yeah. Cause so, you know, you get a little bit of everything. So. You get up top and it's like you're in an attic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it is fascinating, but I'm a nerd for that kind of thing anyway. So. We are too. That's one of the big things we do. Like in our whiskey classes, we don't really talk about this smells like that. We, we teach the history of whiskey. And uh, one yeah, of the things that we, we beat to death is like the, the national anthem, the tune the national anthem was sung to was actually a drinking song from the 1600s in England. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so your national well, anthem is a drinking song. Why don't you sing us a couple bars there, man? You know? <laughs> I should learn that song. That'd be good for the party trick. A little, little TikTok yeah, dance. Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll learn it with you. We'll do it together. I'm down for that. All right. <laughs> But that's what, but from making it like from, it seems kind of like the, uh, the, the science behind moving barrels around and getting those honey barrels and stuff is very similar to proofing where people think you just dump water in it, but you can't, it, it, it turns into soap. If you just dump water into straight distillate, um, but the, like all the stuff in there, all that stuff's fascinating to us. And, uh, like that's the stuff that we're, we're really into a lot of these whiskey pages. They, they just want to talk about what's the most expensive or cheapest bottle you can buy that tastes the best. And I think there's enough of that out there. We really want to spread the knowledge, like the hunting knowledge, you know, you take somebody out and teach them how to hunt. It's like the whiskey. It's like, okay, you're drinking a 10 year bourbon, but people don't understand what 10 years means, what that means to the guy that made it, you know, may not even be alive anymore. Yeah. And you know, and that's crazy too, to think, you know, when I worked, I worked in the Knob Creek, uh, single barrel, um, side for about four or five years. So, um, you know, but we would dump the Knob Creek single barrels and that was part of our job was to proof them down and, you know, seeing barrels that were put away when I started, you know, like yeah. in 03 and, you know, wow. and, uh, it's amazing cause it's like, you know, I mean, time flies, but it, I mean, it really doesn't when you look at it that way, you know? So, you know, what they're putting away now is, you know, 15 years from now, you know, there won't be many of those barrels, you know. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys have a barrel there, you know? that you're just leaving? Like, it's it's been there 40 years and we're not ever going to take it out? You know, I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure they have to have something somewhere that they've lost or, you know, or they might be doing it on purpose. I don't know. But um, there may not be anything uh, left after 40 years. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, you, you lose a whole lot, man. And a lot of those uh, 15, you know, year barrels and everybody was going crazy over these Knob Creek 15 year, you know, single barrels and they were great, but you just didn't get that much volume out of them. You know, you, you just lost so much over those years. Yeah. Um, That's just crazy. I think everybody me. was okay with it, but you know, I think it made them more special too, because, you know, you just didn't have that much of the barrel, you know? I just, I, I wish people could appreciate an age statement a little more. And I'm not saying that age statements matter. I mean, like I said, almost everything here doesn't have an age statement on it. And, and all, like most of my favorite stuff don't have an age statement, but I wish people would appreciate an age statement a little more, especially the Knob Creek 15 to think, you know, if the, if the same guy made, who made the Knob, do you know who distilled that? What do you mean? 15 years ago? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about like the distillery operators? Like, yeah, or? the actual person that, you know, like you talk about 
Yeah. No, and everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do know. Um, well, I mean, you know the, and the thing about a still is, you know, when you run a still, you don't shut down. It's it's not something you just flip a switch and it comes on and you're running. Right. You know, um, you run it. You have to keep it running. So, you know, we're always running. You know, twenty four seven. We have our shutdowns every couple weeks, I think, for you know, clean and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, the second, third shifts, I mean, sometimes it's kind of hard to staff all the time, you know, sure. um, we never have a problem. There's always somebody, but you know, you do have people switch jobs a lot and stuff. I just think about but, the guy that's like, this is my juice. And then 15 years it comes out and he tastes it and he goes, ah, I should have done 2% less or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he does it. He does. He's like, I'm going to do this again. And then that's 30 years of his life. Yeah. And he's only true, got to taste yeah. two batches. You I know, mean, you I know think, technically. I think that's, that's one of the things that I love about it. And that fascinates me is, and I think that's where Jim Beam, you know, it's just the history, you know, it's the history and the, the family and, you know, Booker No was amazing. He he came out with all these, uh, the small batch collection and all that. He grew the brands, um, but it's it's unreal to think that he had that many generations before him going through trial and error. You know, it's just uh, it's just neat to think about. You know, and to be a part of. But. I love it. It's amazing. It's um, every and you're like the most humble dude, man. Every time I talk to you, you're like. <laughs> Like, it's really not that interesting because one of the things, because we, we had, because we deal with whiskey barrels, that's our job. And, um, we had one that had, like, we get them all the time with markers on them. And I reached out to you and I was like, dude, I want to make a post about these markers and tell what they are. And you're like, I, I hate to disappoint you, but that's just basically the guy that moved it, hit it with a piece <laughs> of chalk. Like it's, it doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, what about the, like, why are Rick houses black? That's that'd be a cool post to make. And you're like, ah, I hate to disappoint you again, but it's, it's just to cover up all the mold. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like all the stuff, you know, that I want to know that's uh, like, I'm tired of, uh, I'm asking questions of things that, that we've either already talked about or things that, uh, I know to ask. So like, I want you to tell me some cool stuff that I don't know. That would be like, you know, and you know that we're, what we're into, okay. we're into the Rick house stuff. We're into the barrels. We're into the distillation process. Final product, we can, that's not what I want to do here. I want to do deep, dark, inside secrets, um, cool stuff that people don't know. Man, I thought I thought I was giving you all this before. <laughs> I mean, I guess What is I, that one? Is that a, is that this, a Baker's? This is my, my man. This is my all-time favorite. Me right too. Here. And is it really? Yeah, I got six bottles of them. Every time I find them, I buy them. <laughs> oh, man. Sure does. Dang, Dude, man. I'm telling you, that's my favorite. I've, every time I see one of those, unless it, if it's 80 bucks, I'm that's not buying so awesome. it. But, but if, it's, if it's like $50, $60, I'll buy every single one of them. <laughs> Me too, and I hate to say it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop the top of this one right now. They're so disappointing. But... They're the worst bottle pops. I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> the cork is just worn out. It's just not even... How old is that? When did they stop making that? They just stopped making these... And 19 or no, I think they started the new ones at two, in 2020. So the beginning of 2000, oh, they're not as old as I thought. So tell me why I still see them on the shelf. They've been sitting uh, around. No, somewhere they're just in trying to get rid of them. I think at this point, dude, if you got a case of those sitting around, I'm your guy. And Man, for those that I wish, don't know, these are the Baker seven. <laughs> you have, you have so much more 
of them than I do. I have this one that I'm going to pop, and I have one more that I haven't popped, and that's it. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I, let you pop. I was kind of panicking. Get it close to the I, mic. Okay, it's so disappointing. You better be panicking. I mean, once they're gone, they're gone. Is the new um, mash bill the same? Um, you know, I don't honestly know. I don't either. I haven't tried it. I do know. All right, hang on. Let's do this. It's gonna be it's so disappointing. Not. It's the worst. You ready? Yep. Oh, oh shit! That man. was a good cork. That was great. Every single That's one I've I'm opened, just like. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is like, and the reason behind that is this is actually a real cork that is in this bottle. So we switched to, um, like a lot of distilleries, we've switched to, uh, well, fake corks basically. Mm. So they're uh, they're uh, they're fake, so you don't get much of a cork pop with them. Yeah, well, the, but they were having a lot of problems with these real corks just breaking off in the bottle. So yeah, oh really? Because I knew that wine stopped using them because there was like a cork short. Because so cork is a bark off a tree for people that don't know. But there was like a shortage of it, and they couldn't get them, and they were moving to screw tops, and it pissed everyone off. So, so they went to <laughs> synthetic corks. But they were like, well, if you age the wine and, and leave it in the in a cellar forever, it'll deteriorate whatever the fake corks were made of. Um. People didn't like it yeah, because it, metal caps have that plastic lid under it, and it, and they say it was yeah. changing the flavor. Yeah, you know, some things it's just hard to change. Yeah. So like ours, and you know, Knob Creek went to a to a uh, screw top there for a while. I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but and it didn't last long because there were so many complaints. Like it just, you know. It's just not the same. Yeah. That's my biggest so, complaint with makers when I get a bottle, and I because well, they make so many different ones, and I, I assume they're all pretty much the same thing. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when I uh, I go to do a cork pop on a maker's bottle, and it's and it's a screw, I always get really disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you know uh, the same company that owns us owns Maker's Mark also. Right. So they uh, they they did the switch with the with the Knob Creek about the same time they did with the Maker's Mark. This yeah, but I love these bakers, man. And uh Baker Beam, um, he's an amazing guy, man. He he will talk your head off like nobody, everybody is family to him. Uh he's an amazing guy. And he actually started the Jim Beam Fire Department back up in I think it was the late eighties or so. So uh so uh, you know, he was he was kind of the originator of a lot of that. He was, you know, one of the first fire chiefs that we've had. So Am, just a great guy, man. I, I like Baker a lot. I'm doing the Jim Beam repeal batch, which is a screw top pop. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's sexy, man. Um, <laughs> this is my first time having it. It's really good. Yeah, I like the real pill batch. Have you had the repeal? I have, yeah. That's um, good. I liked it. I only, I've actually only had it like maybe once or twice, just kind of tried it. I don't even have a bottle of it, so I need to. I need to change that. I need to get me a bottle. It's one of those bourbons when I say like, if you want to teach people about bourbon, you start here and, and then and then move up into other things. So that's interesting. Uh, Baker was the first. So I was in my limited research on the Jim Beam Fire Department. I I couldn't find much, and, and most fire departments have yeah. like a a knighthood of yeah. brotherly wall. This is this guy started in this date, and and I just didn't really see. Is that am I missing it? You're not missing it, man. It's just not there, uh. honestly. Because um, I've had to do, I've tried to do research before, and 
Um, Baker knows more than probably anybody um, about it. Um, and I don't, I'm not even sure when he actually started it up. I mean, uh, but yeah, he bought a, the best I can think is like, I think it was like late eighties, early nineties. Um, so when he started it back up and, um, he bought a 90 or a 53 Mac pumper and, um, he had it fixed up and brought up to regulations and, um, that's actually still on the property. Googling. And, uh, oh, that doesn't actually look that old. What's that? That truck? Yeah. Oh, man. It's a classic, though. It doesn't look that old. I honestly, there it is right there. There's the Jim Beam one. I honestly thought it would be, uh, I don't know what I thought a 53 Mac pumper would look like, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely man. old, but it's not. So you still have it, and it's perfectly yep. reconditioned and, and beautiful well, I wouldn't and in say a glass it's perfectly case reconditioned now but <laughs> at one time it was you guys should you definitely know, it, rebuild it it's been sitting in a garage for the last for a very long time i'll just put it to you that way you know it has like the straight eight it's just it's an awesome uh awesome old truck when we come up there i want to see that i'm a car right, guy we can so. see what we can do are you okay oh, all yeah. right so I'd actually know what I was looking at. The uh, <laughs> Good. So, so the yeah. one you got now, it's uh, 90s. I can tell by the headlights. Yeah, uh, it's old school, man. She's pretty. You know how much I love her. Every time you <laughs> post a picture of her, I get all excited. <laughs> that picture you posted yeah, today is really nice. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so that is a 90, 92 uh, Han pumper is what that one is. Hmm. It has a... It has a pin fab cab, so it's kind of like it's kind of a mutt, really. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. I don't uh, know a lot about fire trucks, but I believe you. <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I won't how's, steer you wrong. <laughs> how's that baker smelling? It's awesome, man. Why do we like it so much? I don't know why I like it so much. I, people I ask know. all the time. I'm like, I, I can't tell you. I don't know, man. I, I really? I mean, everybody's different, I know, but. For the bakers, I think just before, I mean, there wasn't really that many people that, I mean, it always sold good, of course, but it never sold like the, you know, the Basil Haydens, the Knob Creeks, the Bookers. It was in the small batch collection, but it just never really sold as much. It, you know, it never really gained a huge popularity. Um, and that's my opinion, I guess, but. Well, I'm there with you. I mean, it you seems know, like it's more popular now. Every time I post a picture of people, I love those old bakers. Absolutely, like, man. I think people have really learned to appreciate this, you know, and this is what Baker made, you know, when he worked in the distillery for however many years with book or no, you know, that that's his bourbon, man. You yeah. know, that's his. So I've always appreciated it a lot. And uh, it's just always been my favorite, but I'm only down to two bottles now. So, I'm on the lookout if anybody hears this, you know. I'll tell you what, I'm on the lookout too. We'll we'll split them. You find them, uh, Kevin right, and I will we'll buy them. <laughs> yeah, we take road trips. We'll take a, a three hour trip for work and it turns into a six hour trip because he's got to stop at every liquor store between. I can't help it. People are like, how do you find so much <laughs> bourbon? Wrong with that, man. And I'm like, how do I find it? It's, uh, 
It's the same thing like when I used to when I used to flip cars. People were like, "How'd you get that for such a good deal?" It's like, "Well, you don't you see the one I bought for cheap, but you don't see the 20 emails in my inbox people cussing me out cuz I lowballed them." It's like <laughs> you try and try again. I stop at a liquor store every more than one every day on the way home, and I may not buy buy anything for 2 weeks, but you know, I may stop at three stores on the way home every day. And, Sorry, and man, persistence. Yeah, and then you find, but you get That's to know the takes. guys, and you tell them what you want. Because everybody goes, "I want Blanton's." Okay, well, I go in there like, "Hey, straight up off the bat, I'm not looking for Blanton's. Here's what I'm looking for," <laughs> and and it gets them excited because because most of the time. These guys that have a good bourbon collection, they're also bourbon collectors. And that's the reason that their pappies are crazy expensive. And it's because it's theirs. They don't want to get rid of it either. And um, you tell them you're looking for something like that. And they're like, that old shit, I got some sitting in the back in a box. Like, bring it out. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm looking for. And um, that's always been like the move. So your Instagram, man, um, that's how we kind of, we met on Instagram. I don't remember how. I'm yep. sure I reached out to you because I, I just... I'm genuinely infatuated with both of your jobs. Um, <laughs> but like your Instagram, you do a lot with uh, other fire departments and your pictures. So are, what, what kind of camera are you using? I wanted to ask. Uh, I just, use, I use a Canon um, T7i. Nice. That's actually what I started on. Fancy. Yeah. It's a, it's an entry level type camera. So, uh, well, and you know, I've always liked photography, um, but I just really, for the longest time, I haven't taken any pictures. And when I started this Instagram thing, I'm like, you know, I started kind of taking some pictures of the truck and this and that. And, you know, I'm like, man, I just really realized that I really enjoyed it still. And so, you know, now I just can't stop. Now I'm taking pictures of everything. So, you know. Well, I'll tell you this, if I can give you any advice, which I don't think I need to, because you're doing very well with your Instagram, but if I can give no, you man. any advice, Hit. the things that to you, because sometimes we do these whiskey tastings and I skim over stuff and then I'm like, oh, I forgot people don't know that. Like to me, that's common knowledge and I, f- I forget they don't know that. Some of the stuff you see, your everyday stuff, where you're like, oh, well, everybody knows that there's barrel seepage. I've never seen you post a picture of barrel seepage. And I think that that's a pretty cool, I, I think they oh, all look okay. different and they're really pretty. And when we get these barrels and, and they've been leaking and stuff, like I love them, but we started making clocks <laughs> out of them. Well, I'll buy barrel lids that are jacked up on purpose with barrel seepage just so I can make a clock out of them. Cause I think it's beautiful. Really? It's, okay. Yeah. It's just something different. You know, people think whiskey barrels true, are these yeah. super clean things and they're not, yeah. they're disgusting. And when people they are like, oh, I want one for my house. I'm like, I don't think I you don't do. I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll sell yeah. you one. Yeah. And, so, you know, a lot of these distilleries sell them all cleaned up, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, sealer on it and, you know, that's not, stencils painted on it. That's so terrible because that's just not yeah, what it is. The, the process of bourbon isn't always clean. And no. the barrels are filthy, man. They're You know, they've been sitting there for a long time and like a glorified barn, you know? Yeah, but, exactly. But you're right, man. And that, and I don't, is there even a name for that stuff that comes out of the, out of the barrel? Like, you know, the sticky, like, yeah, I know. that's what I'm talking you know about. What I'm talking about. I've been calling yeah, it like, seepage. I don't know. What, I mean, it's thick. You can okay. stick your, run your fingernail over it and it'll get stuck in your finger. It's like, it's like oh, syrup. Yeah. It's like dried maple syrup. It's, yeah. You can't get that off your no, hands. Like it'll no. stain your hands yep. every time. But I love it. Cause they're all different and they're beautiful to me. Um, I agree, man. I like. I would love to get some pictures of it. Just if you want to take some and send them to me, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that just for you. Like you're, you're at work and you're like, this barrel is nasty. Let me shoot Look at that this a picture. Nasty barrel. 
I'll, I'm going to do it, man. You're going to get all kinds of nasty stuff. I'm down, dude. I like it. I think it's cool because it tells a story, and I'm all about the story. Like Me too, man. Everything has the final product, but sometimes the final product isn't you know, what I want to see. I want to know how it got That's there. Right. Like the That's diamond right. in the rough. I want to see it in the rough. I agree, man. But yeah, your Instagram yeah. page is killing it. And you're, um, have you told anyone about the, the G word yet? Or what? Your giveaway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really haven't. Do you, you want to just throw that out to everybody? Dude. Well, we can close it out. We don't have to, we don't no, have to put no, that. I'm just joking, man. So you got a big giveaway no. coming with lots of stuff. It mainly geared towards yeah. firefighters, right? Uh, most of it will be geared towards firefighters. Um, I'm in the process. I'm going to try to get some more bourbon stuff in there for the bourbon lovers. Um, but yeah, and you guys are into it. There's some really cool stuff in there, man. That's gonna that's gonna come up. Uh, and I'm hoping maybe the beginning of next month, end of this month. It'll happen, and we'll we'll have a big uh, we'll have a big post for it or whatever. So, but yeah, it'll it'll be big, man. A lot of stuff. I think it's going to um, do very well. Oh yeah, still ironing out some uh, some final stuff, you know, with some final contributors and stuff. But it's going to be awesome. Once, so I don't Stay know tuned. if you've paid for any followers or if those are legit followers. I, it's hard to tell these days. Uh, it seems like it's legit because you get right. a ton of likes, dude. I see, pay, I get people following me with nineteen thousand followers. I'm like, damn. And I go in there, I got eighty likes on a picture. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> no, that's not my speed at all. Yeah, you're, that's not my style. Yours seems legit. And not, what I love about it is when people get to that range, they quit interacting, and and you always interact. You're the most personable dude. Well, thanks, man. I, I mean, I try to. I can't get to everybody's oh, all the sure. time, but you know, um, I had some some fire pages. Uh, actually, I'm wearing shirt uh, of a guy that one of the first guys I met on on Instagram, and um, I think he had maybe forty thousand followers at the time, or something. But I mean, and here I was like couple hundred followers, but, um, you know, just taking the time out for people, I think says a lot, you know, and I think, uh, you know, and that's why I'm here to be personal, to, to teach people, you know, what little I may know of stuff. Uh, but you know, that's what I like doing. And that's why I'm here to, to have fun and, you know, talk to people, educate and learn myself, you know? So, um, you I, love- know, I always try to try to interact as much as I can. I love telling people that Jim Beam has a fire department because a lot of times they're like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, but do you understand that like Jim Beam has a fire department? <laughs> like just think about it for a minute. Like, like the city of Charleston has a fire department. Jim Beam is so big that they have a fire department. And, uh, and it's like the best part about it is I know personally we're good friends. We hang out all the time. The chief right, yeah. of, of the fire department. <laughs> so when you talk about teaching people stuff, what do you what what do you typically like to teach them? Because we're all about teaching too. Don't let me interrupt that Baker's. No, you're good, man. That's so good. I know. I can't believe how good it is. I just want to keep pouring it. It's and uh, I'm so glad people can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't get it, Matt. That's the problem. Man. I'm gonna hook you up, man. It. I see it every once in a while, and I'll, I'll hook you up. You let me know. You let me know, man. What what price range is it worth? So I know when to stop buying. Because I don't want to buy you a bunch. You're like, shit, I'm not paying $70 a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. I don't even see it here, honestly, man. I just bought one for eighty, and I didn't buy two because it was eighty. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'd buy it all day much. at fifty. All day, I'll buy it. Oh yeah, me too. All right. Yeah, I'd be good with that. I mean, I don't even know what it's going for. I don't ever, I never see it, man. It's well, it's like a hidden thing. I don't ever see it on secondary. Nobody's selling it. I know people just have them sitting around. They're not drinking them. They got to because it's just nobody knows about it. I mean, people know yeah. about it, but they don't know about it. Well, I think the people That's that do right. know about it are keeping their mouth shut for good reason. That's possible. They well, don't want people to buy them. Well, we blew that. Yeah, we just blew uh, that. They're always the dusty. Looking for them. Every time I buy them, they got dust on them, and it blows my mind. Uh, you're letting our secret out. Yeah. <laughs> just trash this whole podcast to save the baker's secret. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I got I to gotta side with you on this. Yeah. No, but I mean... I think, and, you know, I got to be careful, too, what I say on certain things. And they may not care what I say to anybody because, I mean, I don't really know that much. But, you know, like you were saying, the history, you know, the inside stuff. I like, I mean, you know, stuff like the barrel seepage you were talking about, man. I mean, that's just, that's stuff people don't know. Um, Like the plumb bobs we talked about earlier. Um, You know, it's, it's the little things that I like. Um, you know, but you know, you were talking about like the, the markings on the barrels with the chalk, you know, um, or the marker or whatever it may be. I mean, I just like that kind of stuff, you know, and it, it, it tells a story. Ultimately somebody somewhere, you know, took pride in that and they, you know, they marked it for a reason or they marked it for whatever, but, um, you know, it's, it's just what I like. I mean, that's kind of where I like to tell people that side of things, you know. Um, I'm big on the history and the the craftsmanship. We do the same thing. We start our whiskey classes. We start in ancient Egypt with with barrels, people in barreling grains. Barrels have existed since ancient Egypt. And then we move into um, the wine and being brought to Ireland. And they didn't have grapes, so they started distilling grain and then coming to Kentucky and corn grew well there. And, and it used to be under the King. If you had corn, whatever you could eat as your family, you kept and everything, all the excess went to the crown. But now we have all this excess corn in America. We're not giving it to the King. So it's, it's, it's heavy, you know, you can't carry around all that corn. So they started distilling it. And that's, and it's that's like, awesome. that's kind of where it starts and it rolls into all these awesome topics, awesome topics. But, um, one of my favorite stories is, is talking about cooperages and the people that make the barrels. And it's, and it's like, it's one, it's like a, when you watch a movie about like the King, like, you know, like a knight or something. And they go to the blacksmith. It's like, well, my dad was a blacksmith and his dad was a black. That's the way cooperages right, are. Man. Like his dad was a Cooper and that his dad was a Cooper. And it's, it's one of the last generational skills that are passed. I mean, sure. There are people that get into it, but it's one of the last generational skills that are passed down and their family businesses usually, um, and it's just so cool to know that they're all different. I mean, we break them down yeah. all the time. People don't understand the science that goes into a whiskey barrel and how old it is. It's like, amazing, man. The fact that one man can move a 500-pound barrel by himself <laughs> because of the way it was designed. Easy, it was yeah. designed that way to pivot on very small amount of friction and be perfectly balanced. And it's That's right. It's wild. And when they're empty, we move them all the time, 200 pounds, and the next day my back's killing me. But but it's like so if I'm going to roll it somewhere, it's easy. You spin it around that's and right. roll it. And uh and that's the stuff that we love is these little these little hidden things that people just don't know about. And I'm pretty it is amazing, man. The 
the Cooperage is, I mean, the men and women that work in those places, I mean, they work, man. They're, they're workers. Uh, I mean, to take, like you said, to take pieces of a tree and like put it together with no glue, yeah, no, no anything like that. Yeah. And like, you know, and for the most part, it not leaking. I mean, that's right. That's, that's pretty amazing, you know. Of, of of the whole process of creating whiskey or, or, or bourbon, I think for me personally, and it's probably just because my <clears throat> excuse me, my affinity for for woodworking, but that is the most fascinating, I think, part yeah. for me is is taking how you know you watch them and they have those those hoops that they do the initial kind of organization of the staves in, and the yep. guy just seems to sort of intuitively know what sizes he needs and he sort of puts <laughs> it together amazing, and it's just like, how do you, I mean, <clears throat> and like, like you said, being a generational sort of uh, trade that just comes with, with time and practice and, and apprenticeship and all those kind of things. And then all the way yeah. down to uh, the, you know, sometimes we, we've broken, you know, broken down full barrels and you find these little, little, yeah. s- little, little slivers like um, reeds. They, like if it leaks, they put, reeds, like, yeah. they put leaves in it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's not glue. Yeah. There's no glue in it. It's insane. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's um, wild. Yeah, man, I agree. And like, um, have y'all ever been to like a Cooperage to check out how they do? No, that? that's on no. Oh, oh, on the list. We, we'll be right, in Kentucky from we, September we somewhere. through the rest of the year. So we'll be in Kentucky almost. Are you really? Yeah, like almost okay. every weekend. Uh, maybe a couple week stints at a time. And a lot of the Cooperages, I don't think even give tours. Um, but we'll we'll find something, man. I want to go with you when you go too, because you all will be fascinated. Oh, I'm so um, pumped! I went with Beam. Uh, Beam took a group of us you know, years ago to Independent Stave, which is where we buy our barrels, and um, it, it's unreal. Like you were saying, the people who construct the barrels, um, there's like, and I don't remember the number, but there's like a certain amount of staves. Um, there's like a range 30 to 33. Yep. 30 is that what it is? Yeah, they're okay. all 33 inches long. There's a lot of 33s in the whiskey world. It's, it's crazy, man. Yep. Cause like they know, like you said, they know the thickness that they need to set it all up. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course they have to have a, at least one that's wider so they can get the, the bung drilled in it. Yep. But I mean, it's like, it is amazing how they do it, man. You all would love that. For sure. If you can get us to one of those, that's like the most exciting thing I've heard all year. Well, I will see what I can do, but <laughs> no promises. Cause, uh, we'll see what we can find, though, guys. I'm sure you can. It'll be fun. Work some magic. Yeah. We're, we, so we, oh, yeah. You're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> So some of these charities we work with, there's a um, one of those uh, outdoor therapy for veterans. And there's a, um, I think he's got. Between his property, um, Camp Kentucky Hero, which is a law enforcement first responder um, deal, as well as veterans. And um, between them two and then all the people that live in that area, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the area. It's outside of Lexington, I think. But it's something crazy, like 30,000 acres that we have to hunt. And um, wow. we got to go up there and put sta- stands up for veterans and, and like get stuff ready Ooh. for the hunts. And um, we're doing a velvet hunt the first weekend of September. So we'll be up there for that, or the yeah first week of September, whenever Labor Day is, and then we'll be up there again the last week of September for a veteran charity. Which if you and the wife want to come, I got two empty seats at my table. Um, oh, awesome! Man. I'll shoot you the details. The uh, Campbell House. Oh, okay, it's there. 
Um, and we're doing the signature cocktails for it too. With they'll be with you know whiskey and white tail smoke cocktails. Oh, and very nice. It'll be fun. He's auctioning off oh, yeah, a lot man. of crazy bottles. You get to see these veteran chairs. You've never been to it. People love veterans, and they will come in there and drop some money. We we watched a hunt go for a hundred <laughs> grand um, like three weeks ago. Yeah, no kids. Yeah. yeah, there's this this little this this lady who's what what was it? She's the she's the heir to the spork fortune. Yeah, so her family invented the sport. Oh, sweet. And she's like she's like the richest lady in South Carolina. In South Carolina. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's my a hero. Something from a movie. And she comes to this chair, <laughs> she comes to this this benefit every year and other benefits, but she sits in the front. Uh she has three or four bottles of wine that she likes specifically. She buys the whole table, sits kind of by herself, maybe with a few gifts. And what she did was she she bid uh on a number of things, upwards of it was two hundred forty grand. She yeah, to, she to, total was two hundred forty grand. And what she wow. did was, when she won them, she gave it. She gave it back. She gave it back and said, "Run it again," and and no just kidding. made got you know got more money for the charity. Um, so it's wow. a lot of fun to go to these things and watch. You know, I don't have two hundred forty grand to uh, <laughs> to bid, but it's funny to watch. It's so fun I'm to watch. Going to be taking up space probably there. Yeah, that's, okay. yeah, that's what it is. We got a table. We got a ten man table, and uh, it's it's us, our wives, and um, we got uh, two friends and their wives coming. So we got two empty spots. If you want to go? It's the last weekend of September. Yeah, Campbell House. That would be awesome, man. Yeah, man, we'd love to have you. Um, and we won't. You won't have to do anything. You just be another guy at the place. But. Um, it, it's it's a it's a fantastic time, but yeah, we'll be in Kentucky a lot this fall. We're doing yeah, all our good. hunting. We'll definitely have to meet up for sure, for yep. sure. Oh, yeah, that's good, man. And and I think that's a uh, that's great, man. That people are supporting veterans, and uh, you know, we we owe a lot to our veterans, and and I kind of I try to throw that in on my page as much as I can too, but. Um, it's a little off yeah. brand. It's understood. Well, it's, I mean, the, it is. the Camp Hero, it's Kentucky, you know, he'll tell you it's he himself was a veteran. Um, Rocco was a veteran and a first former first responder. Um, and so the the facility he set up in the in the program is designed to you know to offer a place, a kind of a retreat for for veterans, first responders, and actually you know um, troubled youth, underserved youth, and things like that. So. Um, you meet him, he'll offer it up to you. you. I'll introduce you to him, and, and he'll be like, "Hey, man, anytime you want to come, here's the gate code. Come and go as you please." It's beautiful no property, kidding. man. He's got a cave, this beautiful limestone. It's not really a river, but bigger than a creek that runs through it, and it's the the history is fascinating. The house was built by a Civil War soldier. Wow! Like, and he's buried on the property there. It's it's so pretty. It's it's when they talk about we do this outdoor healing stuff in it, and it's and it's real. Outdoor healing is real. There's something about being out there with no cell phone service and just just living your day. You know, he's got four wheelers and you yeah. and you can walk trails and stuff. And yeah, we'll trade you that for the uh, cooperage. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, the heat's on now. I'm yeah. have <laughs> so what else you got that's, that's fascinating that people need need to know that you're passionate about? I don't know, man. I'm trying to put you on the spot. I don't know, I don't know how to answer that. Well, you seem. What, what's um, everybody knows you? Uh, you know, we've talked about the fire department, uh, the carpentry. Who is who is Chief Mercer at home? Right? Oh you, yeah, you, you, got a, you got family, right? You got kids. What do you What do you enjoy doing? Do you hunt? Do you Do you enjoy fishing? Any, any of that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, when you have time, like I said, <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
do I do a lot of woodworking at home and stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I still like doing that even on my free time. Nice. But, uh, but um, probably the, the thing that gets most of my time at these days are uh, my volunteer fire department. Um, it's uh, it's the, the department that I live in, you know, live close to or whatever. Okay. Barstown. Um, but that, that takes, that takes a lot of my time up sure. these days. But, uh, but you know, I, I do enjoy running a lot. Um, running. I've ran many marathons. Wow. Uh, and well, I've ran two marathons and a bunch of half marathons, I guess. But you know, I do love doing that. Um, you know, staying in shape. I haven't been doing that much lately, but <laughs> <laughs> same. It is a, uh, it is one of my passions anyway. And um, you have a gym routine or just m- mostly cardio? Not, not right now. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'll just run every once in a while, which is kind of a bummer. But um, I hope to get back in the gym soon, man. It, it's a, uh, it's definitely something I'm needing for sure. <laughs> is everything still slacking. closed there? Oh no! Pretty much everything. Everything's open. Oh, here. so it's, it's just your good. fault then that you're not. Kind of oh yeah, <laughs> completely my fault. <laughs> nice. Yeah, not making time for doing what I need to do, basically. But, uh, but yeah. So the fire department takes a lot of my time anymore, honestly. But, it's, it's all volunteer. So do you go sit there, or is it uh, you get a pager, or what's going on? No, honestly, it's a lot like work. Um, you know, um, there is a day shift that. Um, a day crew that sits there during the day and they take care of the maintenance and the, you know, whatever there needs to be taken care of. And then the volunteers take over in the evening. So, um, so, you know, when a call comes out, you know, we get called out and we go. Yeah. So, um, and I'm a, I am a Lieutenant on that fire department. So nice, you know, with a little added duties, I guess, but, um, so yeah, so that, I mean, it takes a little bit of time, and I'm on the board there too, so that adds a little bit too. So, but it, cool. it's worth it, man. It's it's good to give back to the community, and um, it feels so good, right? Yeah, yeah. How about collectibles? Do you collect Star Wars plate or NASCAR plates or anything? <laughs> NASCAR? <laughs> no, I don't do that. Uh, you know, I'm collecting bourbon, yeah. like mounds of bourbon. That's the move. That's not just Jim Beam. Which is, uh, which is fascinating in itself. Um, which which kind of stinks too because I can't really drink it. I mean, I don't drink that much, honestly. You know, I like trying different things. I like, um, I like anything I can, you know, try that's different. I like sure, uh, but I just don't get to drink much. You're drinking with, with us, the, the volunteer, yeah. So yeah, and that's why you everything's off tonight. I'm just. I'm enjoying some drinks. Oh, Jim Beam and like. Oh. Hey, I'm. Can you hear us? You're uh, cutting out. Hold on, Kevin. Uh, we we got you now. We lost you there for like five seconds. Did we really? Yeah, right when you were really getting passionate, it cut out. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know what? My kids are probably like streaming everything. Like every TV either, is probably going either that right or, now. or Jim Beam's got an IT. Yeah, Jim Beam was like, uh, <laughs> "No, sir, you're not <laughs> shutting down." Oh, no, <laughs> throttle that connection. <laughs> Damn, I hate to make you start over. You can start over or summarize. We're good with either one. 
where where did I leave off? So you, you right what as I you were saying, um, you said something about Woodford Reserve, and then you said something about you know, something with about these distilleries, and then you kind of froze. Yeah. Oh, so we lost you at Woodford Reserve. I, I, damn, man, that sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's got to be Jim Beam IT department for shutting you down. Man, it probably is, man. <laughs> They're on to me. I better watch my. Watch my windows and stuff tonight. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, House is bugged. But, so let me think. Gosh, man. Okay. So the thing that I love about distilleries is the fact that no matter what distillery you're from, they still, they try to help you. You know, they try, they treat you like family a lot. Absolutely. Of yeah. uh, but Woodford was, was great to us, man. It was me and my friend, um, uh, work sent us on, you know, a couple different tours to different places and they let us pick which place we wanted to go. So we picked, you know, Woodford, my friend called him up and was like, you know, we're from Jim Beam. Um, you know, we're looking around this time frame to be there, whatever. And they actually made a tour for us. Oh, like cool. they brought in a guy early to come uh-huh. meet us just to give us a tour. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, we're trying, we're trying the beer, you know, the high wine. I mean, it was just, Man, it was great, man. That's cool. Uh, they're just always more than accommodating, sure, uh, to us and stuff. And um, and you know, we're and we do the same for any other distillery. We we have tours upon tours of people, you know, from other distilleries, and it's it's just the way it is, you know. And yeah, I think it's an interesting industry to say the least. Most industries aren't like that. You know? It's one of my it's one of my favorite things and stories that you'll read and hear about, and it's it's kind of synonymous, and you know, kind of like Matt was saying, sort of the foundation of what whiskey and whitetails is with that camaraderie that exists in both the hunting and the whiskey community. But when you have the, um, you've had several incidences or disasters or the fires or floods where certain distilleries have lost, you know, entire rick houses or whatever the case is. Now we're cut out. Are we frozen? That sucks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you were cut out now. oh man <laughs> that was our turn <laughs> that's funny but w- 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 uh, <laughs> uh but the fact that like in <laughs> in disasters where where certain distilleries have lost rick houses or or lost barrels and, and things like that other um certain distilleries have like you know helped other distillers get barrels or distillate or whatever so they keep up production after disasters and things like that um that community oh, you yeah. know it's really cool Oh, and I have a question on that. So it's, it's if, amazing, really. If you have a fire and someone else gives you a barrel, uh, how how does that become Jim Beam? If like if it's a, for instance, when the Heaven Hill fire and they lost all that stuff and everybody pitched in, but they were still making Heaven Hill products. So did they? Obviously, they tasted different. Did nobody notice? You know, I don't know. I mean, I would assume somebody had to notice somewhere, right? But man, this bottle tastes uh, a little funky. Because I know. <laughs> The interesting thing about Heaven Hill, well, the devastating thing about Heaven Hill's fire is the fact that it took out their distillery also. Yeah. So when that fire happened, they no longer distilled on that property. They had to build their own, a new one in Louisville, um, which is, I don't know, maybe 30 miles north or so of Barstown where they're located. So Mm. um, they truck all that juice uh, back to Barstown. They really do. Uh, it's what? amazing, honestly. That are you serious? Uh, they do that. But, 
yeah, they truck it back. Uh, they have, I mean, they have a lot of warehouses at their distill or at their bottling plant in Barst. Excuse me, in Barstown, they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of warehouses there where they store a lot of barrels, and they they truck it in, man. I, every bit yeah. of it. So I had an, I had what you were talking earlier about. Um, you said high wire and and I see or high wine, and I see it all the time. And I know it's that glass box, but that's a knowledge gap that I have. Can you can you key me in on what that is? Uh, yeah, man. Um, so, um, hang on, I'm gonna pour another drink. Yeah, I am too. I'm gonna get this. I'm, I'm gonna switch though. What are you doing now? Oh, okay, all right. What are you doing? I'm doing a, a six year. It's Whistle Pig piggyback. You know what? I it's gotta- a rye. I don't have the piggyback. Somebody gifted me the 10, and I've had the 10 before, and I've never opened it again because I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan. Oh, okay. Uh, this is pretty good, man. It's pretty sweet. I think that's on my um, next list is to so, get the Whistle Pig uh, family. But, yeah, high wine. You know, and I live in the I live in the bourbon, what they say, the bourbon capital of the world, and, man, you really can't find that much dang bourbon in here. I mean, because <laughs> it's being sent elsewhere. There's not really that much of a selection. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of bullshit, really, when you think about it, because, yeah. you know, I should have the upper hand in some, you know, you should. give well, me that. Everyone that doesn't live there says, oh, I'm going to go to Kentucky and bourbon shop. And I'm like, well, I know people in Kentucky, <laughs> yeah. and they say that's not really the best idea. Yeah. Think- well, yeah, I was talking to, um, I was talking to somebody, uh, he, he came to Barstown, and he's like, I went to all these places, and but he was showing these, like, bottles that he bought while he was here, and I'm like, where did you find all these great bottles? Like really? I've been looking for these, and um, he's like, "Man, I, I overpaid for them. Uh-oh. Like, you know, there's nothing spectacular. Yeah. I just I overpaid way too much for them. Like, well, crap. <laughs> yeah, if you like, want to if you want to buy that stuff, you can definitely buy it overpriced. That's like if, if you oh, want the yeah, whole BTAC yeah. Pappy collection, I can get it to you for forty six grand. It's at a store about <laughs> right. an hour and a half from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, my best yeah. luck I've found is in gas is in liquor stores that predominantly sell plastic bottles. If you catch what, what I'm saying. So like, I gotcha. Those gotcha. places. Um, like if I wear a nice outfit to work, I don't go to those places, but like if I wear <laughs> jeans and a, I'll, I'll bring an extra t-shirt and I'll throw a t-shirt on and, and I'll park, you know, down are the these- block. Are these liquor stores that are selling uh, pints and paper bags more than anything else? Oh yeah, everything's being sold in plastic bottles in these liquor stores. But I've I've been able to go in there and find dust on quality stuff. I mean, they're not going to have yeah, you know what a lot of people want. But I don't want what a lot of people want. I'm not I'm not interested. I tell you this, dude. I, I'm the same way, man. Yeah. I bought a bottle of Pappy Lot B for 123 dollars because they priced it wrong. It was it was supposed to be 1230. Um, and the guy that owns the liquor store, actually, he won't let me buy anything. He hates me. He knows my, as soon as I walk in, he's like, I ain't got nothing for you. <laughs> like, he was like, you know better. He's like, most people come in here don't know better, but you know, you know, that was priced wrong. You should have said something. And I'm like, what? I don't no. think so. I don't think that's, that's how this not works. How the world yeah, works. That's not how this works. But I did a blind pour no, of that no. and an Eagle Rare store pick. And I picked the Eagle Rare store pick thinking it was the Pappy that it was that much better. So it's no kidding. I don't buy the things people buy, man. I just, I just don't. My favorite thing from Buffalo Trace is their white dog. I'm straight honest with you. <laughs> Jim Beam should sell a white dog. I'd buy it if it was. You guys, you, you still stay at one ten, right? You don't do the one twenty five. Oh no, we do the one twenty five. Oh, you do. You mean for 
Yeah, we barrel at yeah. Oh, you do barrel one twenty four. Yeah, I think I actually. Yeah, now now Maker's Mark they barrel they barrel a lot lower. I think they're one ten or yeah, they're so, one ten. Everybody's either because one ten yeah. was the limit, and then they went to one twenty five. And yeah. a lot of companies went to 125, and then a lot of them stayed at 110 because they were like, this is what bourbon's supposed to be. We're not just going to move because they said we should move. Oh, it's getting... When we get when we get you back, I want to... We should do something crazy and, and freeze. <laughs> we keep losing him. Man. I hear you saying man. Oh, we're getting there. We're not really frozen. Just kidding. No, he's frozen. <laughs> it's, we we got to do this during a, during a time of the day when the entire neighborhood. And when everybody's not. Everybody and uh, this will be fun to have to jump between. Ah, uh, he jumped out. Run it again. Yep. So after multiple uh, technical issues. We're back. We're back. <laughs> um I don't remember anything we were talking about, but I do. Yeah, the, I'll do the. Hold on, we got to reintroduce Chief Mercer again. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, Commander in Chief he's Mercer, back. he's back. <laughs> oh, um, we did that just for you. We, we added that to our soundboard just for you. I um, paid five dollars for that soundbite. Did you? Yeah, sure did. Nice. <laughs> there you go. So we got to use That's it a couple solid, more man. times to get that five dollars worth. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you better yeah blow it up, man. So so high wine. What's where we were going? Yeah, high wine. We should all do like ten shots back to back, and then see how long we can keep this going. Oh man. I'm no. just, I'm joking. That I'm does joking. not sound. No, good. I was joking. I'm not going to do it either. <laughs> high wine. Uh, okay. High wine. So, uh, you know, we all know that bourbon has to have 51% corn, blah, blah, blah. So um, after the fermenting process that goes through the first distillation, which is mostly a column still. Um, so it goes through and it gets the solids out. And it comes out clear. So, you know, before before it goes into the still, it's, I mean, it has all the grain. It's right. Yeah. It's gross. It's fermented. Whatever. And mushy um, beer. That's right. Yeah, that's what we call beer. So it goes through the first distillation process, um, and after it gets done, it's it's like a it's like a water. You know, it's clear, um, but it's a little bit hazy. Um, that is called the low wine. So it comes off the still. That's considered the low wine. After that, it is reintroduced to another still, which is called the doubler. And it is double distilled, basically. So it's distilled again to get rid of, you know, the smaller, the finer impurities or whatever. So when it comes off for the second still, it's considered high wine. Gotcha. And that's where it's coming off at, um, that's where it's coming off, and then you proof it down to, and and it has to be under 125. Proof yeah, to go on the barrel to be yep. considered. Yeah, to go into yep. a barrel. So then you proof it to 124.999. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's and that's what most distilleries do, like we were talking about before. So, so the glass box. I've we've been to three distilleries here in Charleston, and I've asked them about the glass box, and they're like, "Oh, that's just that's how we look at it." 
I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get yeah. that part because it's clear and <laughs> shit comes through. Yeah, it. that's I'm the sure tailbox. Tailbox. Oh, they so you're looking for heads tail and tails. Box. Well, you're not uh, looking no, for heads, you're different. looking for tails. No, that's different. Oh. That's just what we call the tailbox. I don't know. Okay. And that might be one of those passed down things. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, and it says a lot. And when I um, when I worked in the craft distillery, um, the craft distillery at Jim Beam was, at the time, um, it was more hands-on. It was more like it was back in the day, I guess you could say. Um, but being able to see how much alcohol you have coming off of the still means a lot as far as where your temperature needs to go. I so, see. you know, you can run it, you can run it, you know, whatever. But the temperature is everything when it comes to distilling. Um, so the higher the the higher the heat that you're putting on it, um, the lower proof is going to be, and the low the lower the temperature you're putting on it, the higher proof is going to be. So, but there's a sweet spot there that you need to keep it at. So basically, being able to see how much um, alcohol is coming off of the still, you know how um, you know how your fermenter did. Um, you know, how much you actually did ferment off of that fermenter and how much alcohol you're getting out of it. So it's so, basically like a visual flow control. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, you. you know, and there's, everything's can be automated now, you know, yeah, and yeah. that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, you always keep that visual and that might be something that they did back in the day just to do. I don't know, but, um, I use, I use it as a pretty substantial tool for, you know, when I ran the craft story and stuff. So, um, you yep. know, that was important to me to see how well my fermenters did when I cooked, you know, and make sure I was doing the right thing and stuff. So the only thing that I've seen, cause I've, I've watched a, like, if there's a video out there about making whiskey, I've watched it, but the only thing I've seen is in Ireland and Scotland when they're making stuff, there's has a padlock on it. And then when they turn the still on, they'll take the padlock off and there's a valve and I've always wondered what they were doing, but I guess what they're doing is when it's flowing too much, they're diverting it to what is going to be probably shittier scotch. And then when it's flowing perfect, they'll flip it the other way so it goes into another container. And I think that might be what it is, is they can tell that this is going to be low and this is high proof. So they're pulling the low proof and the high proof, and they're splitting it. And that's the only time, everybody, everywhere else I go that's got a lock on it, and they don't ever open it. <laughs> they just say, that's how we watch the whiskey. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, it makes the, that keys a bunch of stuff in now that, that I was genuinely curious about. That's good, man. I'm glad to enlighten you. Yeah, for sure. I'm always I'm all about <laughs> learning, man. I, we did the I did the certified bourbon steward um, class, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. learn a bunch of shit here. And I, I read the book, and I was like, I okay. I started flipping I, through that book. I know that. I, yeah, <laughs> yep. I know that. So I went and took the test, got a hundred. Yeah. It's, it's like basic. <laughs> so when I see it in people's Instagram profiles or certified bourbon steers, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I would, I would never enter. Like we do it at tastings because it sounds fancy, but anyone that's like in the community to be like, oh, I'm a certified bourbon steer is like, cool. Like, I don't think you, I think you can learn more. You know, I thought about that. I, I was actually wanting to do that myself just to say that I had done it. But Buy the book. Don't open it. Take the test. You'll pass. I promise. Just You got to open it to the very back flap so you can get your test code. Yeah. That's just it. buy the book. Go to the back page. <laughs> put your test code in and take the t- You'll pass. 
I promise you. I promise. Yeah, you. I'm kind of curious now. Now I just want to do it, just see if I can do it. It's seventy five bucks. Like if you fail, accepted. if you fail, I'll pay you back. <laughs> but if I even, fail, I'm not going to tell anybody about it. <laughs> if you fail, you can take it again. So it doesn't it, like you can't fail. You, oh, okay. Just right. look at it. That's my kind of test. That's there. what I'm talking about. That's what, <laughs> I like that. Right. We work in a world where certifications are serious, and like Gus has a higher cert than I have. But uh, he was telling me when he got it, like it was. It, it, you study for months for these, and um, the one he took, like it's so stressful, so hard on your brain, and it's hours long. He was like, when I left, I went home and Man. slept for six hours. I did. I slept for four hours. It's four yeah, hours. No four hours. kidding. It would be. Like, it the, would be the equivalent in. In the distillation world, it would be the equivalent of of basically needing to know. Um, it, he's a master the, distiller. If, the, you, the if you look at yeah, the knowledge hard. base is is a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. So you have to be able to for for your in your world, for example, be able to talk competently and um, from a management standpoint, like be a manager in any department, whether it's the fire department the maintenance department, the distillation, the management, the marketing, it's just customer it's, service. It's, su- it's super it. wide ranging and not, not super deep in any one area. It's, uh, it's so stressful. It, it's like mean. the test would be like, uh, what, uh, who makes barrels? You know, and it'd be like a barrel maker, a Cooper, uh, a Cooperage shop. And it's like, those are all correct answers, but they want the most <laughs> correct. So yeah. technically it would be the barrel, man, the guy Man. making the barrels. Uh, it is things like I that for every category. That. It's the Give worst. Give me the best answer. It's, it's the like, worst. Oh, God. So when we go from those certifications down to certified bourbon steward, it's it's like uh, it's like um, it's like <laughs> yeah. The was, hardest question on there was like uh, bourbon has to have how much corn? And it's like okay. Yeah, he he was telling me about it, and he was like, I took the test and I, I did the tasting and all this stuff, and so I ordered my book and I was mentally preparing myself for all these things, and so I started flipping through the book, and I'm like, I know this, I know this, yeah. I'm like. What the fuck? Anyone that goes to a whiskey <laughs> tasting class with us could pass that test. <laughs> you know, shit. Uh, maybe y'all should charge 75 bucks then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said, um, Wolford, but I think that you were getting into, because there's a no, lot I'm of I'm sticking. God. Yeah, no, what he I, did. I just like the regular Wolford. Regular Wolford. Okay. Yeah. That was Andy's, my wife's favorite kind distillery. Of, and you know, and that's the thing too, is like, I say that, but I switched like regularly on you know which one i'm drinking or but it it's so light i mean yeah so like a lot of times i'll uh i'm gonna tell you all my secrets do it but no a lot of times like i'll just open up with like a regular woodford you know kind of wet my palate a little bit and then go into something you know um that i'm wanting to try or whatever but i kind of warm up with woodford a lot and uh it's a good opener and and i've honestly i don't think i've ever had a woodford that i didn't like yeah, um, I use. But, it. I mean, I haven't, I haven't tried like everything they have and all that. But I mean, you know, have you had the I very fine tried, rare? Like, no, I'm gonna send you a vial of the very fine rare. I got your address. I'm gonna send you that. Um, the very fine. I might send you a, couple, a few things. Um, but I'll send. I got the. I got a bunch of nice Wolfords. I just. I don't know. See, for me, I I preach it all the time. But the old Forster 1920. I don't know. Yeah. I, Outside of Baker's, yeah. that Baker Seven, the Old Forester is just that nineteen twenty is it just hits something different. I don't know. So I, I sent you that picture. My neighbor gifted me a bottle of that um, a couple of days ago, and I actually over Christmas I did one of those bottle exchange things where you're supposed to send someone a bottle, 
and then they're supposed to pay it forward, whatever. I never got my bottle. Uh, and, and the way it works is I, I got a bottle and then shared it. And when someone agrees to participate, I send them information and say, okay, you're supposed to send a bottle to this person. But when you make your post and share this, you tell people to send me bottles. And then those people tell their people to send you bottles, right? So the idea is like if everybody participates over Christmas, you should get anywhere from 10 to 20 nice bottles of, I didn't get any fucking bottles. All right. I was pissed. <laughs> oh gosh, and, man. and so we were talking over, uh, <laughs> over text one day and I explained that and he's like, really nobody. I was like, no nah, man, it never happened. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, and so the, the conversation passed and I didn't think anything of it. And I went over the other night and, uh, he had a bottle waiting for me and he was like, this is for, this is for Christmas, you know, sorry that didn't work out for you. And uh, it was, it was, it was funny, but uh, that bottle, that is a new, so I've only had it once with you and I, and I had it, I had it the other night. Um, You know, sometimes when we get together and we open up bottles, we, we drink a lot of bottles Yeah, (laughs) and I actually have finally had an opportunity (laughs) to, to sit down and just drink it and actually enjoy it it, man. it yeah. is it is such a good whiskey it's it's so good it's we do a 1920 or the 1910 1920 mix and they call it 1915 and everybody's like oh that's what birthday bourbon is and i was like all right so my birthday i went to a local whiskey bar and i got the birthday bourbon it is not that's not what that is the 10 and the 20 mixed together is way better than birthday bourbon just for anybody that wants birthday bourbon oh really don't okay. don't waste no. your money but the 19 um or the 1897 is also really good. Like the that's I, earlier when we were talking about the fires and I said whiskey row. I I, I got I got old Forrester on the brain, but yeah, the whiskey row series yeah, from old Forrester. That's probably I'm telling you the Baker Seven is is my number one, and the um the 1920s my second. And the 1897 is pretty damn close. The 1910 is everything. The 1920, the 1910 is like so in Ferrari, the um. I can't believe I forgot the name, but all Ferrari is a rear engine. So they, they did a front engine, smaller motor, and um, it was for Enzo Ferrari's son that died, and they named it after him, and I can't remember what it's called right now. But they always said they named it that because it's the Ferrari that never had a chance to grow up. And and I look at the 1910 as that. It's the 1920 that never had the chance to grow up. <laughs> it's, it's, it was like a wasted bottle. I don't know why they did it. They just needed one more bottle for the Whiskey Row series, and they, and they, and they threw that out there. That's funny. So you worked. You've done everything. So in the end of in the end of days, when I, because we're coming to Kentucky when it happens, if it happens, um, okay, (laughs) I'm gonna hit you up and be like, hey, I, uh, like, I grew up in. You know, Wilkes County. You ever heard of Wilkes County, North Carolina? Wilkes County. Yeah. No, I haven't. So Wilkes County, North Carolina, is the home place of moonshine. That's where it came from. Oh, okay, I got you. And uh, that's where NASCAR nice. started because all these guys are running from cops and mm. um, and souping up the cars. Everybody knows the story, but that's Wilkes County. That's where I'm from. And, uh, like, my dad and everybody still lives there. Moonshine's not really a big of a deal there because Prohibition, I mean, a lot of people died <laughs> because the cops just came in and just, you know, like that movie. Um, what's the name of that movie, Andy, with the Prohibition that I like? Oh, with, um, with Tom Hardy. Yeah, and, with Tom uh, Hardy. Lawless, lawless, yeah. So that, so that, that's basically what happened in Willis County. Like cops, just they were dirty and they came in, they just killed people that were making whiskey. But um, so I grew up like on this 
moonshine thing. Like I always loved it. And it was, I still do. That's why I told you like Buffalo trace white dogs, like one of my favorites just because I can buy it. It's 125 proof. It's good. It's, it's the same consistent product. Um, so I know a little bit about making whiskey. I could probably fumble through it and, and get it, but I think you and I together could make something serious. We could make some real white lightning. So, oh, so yeah, man. So the end of times, you got to come down with me to uh, this place we got in Kentucky, <laughs> and we got lime water right there on the or limestone water right there on the uh, on the property, and we'll make some badass moonshine. Let's do it, man. I'm down. I'm game. Mad Kevin Mercer to my uh, my bug out bag. Yep. <laughs> You just made the list. We got to talk about who we're going to kick yes. off. Yeah. All right. Well, don't celebrate because we may end up having you pick somebody to kick off. Yeah. And then we're going to eat them. Which could, it could include my wife or kids. So, Oh, no. Pri- well, priorities, man. Yeah. You, know? you got to have whiskey. You? you don't need kids, but you need whiskey. That's for sure. That is true. Uh, All right. Oh, man. I think we've held you up long enough, man. Is there anything that you wanted to say? And we'll get into like credentials and telling everybody where they can find you. But is there anything that you think people should know? Take as much time as you want. I don't have a timetable. I'm good. I just, I feel bad holding you on for this long. No, man. I think we covered everything, you know? Yeah. I think we did a good job. It was, it was a fun time, man. So I told you this podcast isn't going to be an interview. It's just going to be us hanging out, having a good time. Yeah. There's yeah, enough. I like that, man. Yeah. There's enough stuffy, like one question, rapid fire after another interview uh, podcast out there. We want to, uh, we don't want to be that. Yeah. We want this podcast to be just like it would be if we were sitting around bullshitting around a fire or, or you know, around a, uh, a bottle at the kitchen table, whatever the case may be. So, and we can't wait for version sure, two man. where there's no audio recordings and we can really go hard. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Let's do it. Sounds awesome. So I'm Chief ready whenever. Underscore Mercer and then backup account Chief Mercer, which I see now when I tag you and stuff. It's just it's the first thing that pops up, which mm-hmm. is weird that your backup account comes up before your main account, but Yeah. 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 Instagram favors <laughs> I need to change that. Instagram fav- Instagram favors the um the accounts that don't have tend that like tend to don't have the uh underscore or special characters uh it'll it's like a alphabetical thing it's weird i don't know are you getting tagged on the wrong account now i get i get tagged on that one some yeah Yeah. well i might just change it i don't know yeah change to something else and then if you need the backup you can always just change it again it's easy to change that's right just change it to something else and then and just leave it sitting and then we'll make sure if 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 you lose your main account which i don't think you will because I think most people drink Jim Beam. I think you're safe. Unless you start going down <laughs> political rabbit holes, you might be who's in trouble. Gonna, who's going to shut down oh, yeah. a, a firefighter? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think plenty of people are going to shut down a firefighter. <laughs> but, so, yeah, Chief underscore Mercer and, um, on Instagram. And then you have a Facebook that I don't know if you use it. I don't get on Facebook ever. I, man, and I, I'm kind of bad on it. I don't, I don't get on it a whole lot, but I will – I will post some of the posts that I post on Instagram on so, Facebook. So if they want to see your flow, they, they, just need to, they need to get on Instagram. So Instagram's my, my main, yeah, yeah, my main site there. So cool. So chief underscore Mercer on Instagram and uh, tag him in all of your Jim Beam posts. And I, <laughs> that's right. He, tag tag him in Jim Beam posts. He'll likely not respond, but might might. He's a very personal dude. Not to give you more people to talk to, but I'm sure you talked to some crazy. We talked to some crazy people. How about this knife makers? 
can you rant on knife makers? <laughs> it seems, know, seems like every day. I, I haven't got into many knife makers. I, I, everyone that I've ever talked to, because I don't talk I to them. I appreciate the hell out of knife makers. I mean, I mean, <sighs> some of the stuff they make is just like, I mean, you know, I appreciate that kind of thing. And like anybody I've ever talked to, they're just trying to sell me. Yeah, something. you got to ignore like, them. They're nah, not. They're they're not nah, who you man, think I they just, are. They, I just want to, they're Russian bots or something equivalent. Well, dude, that's what I was thinking, man. I'm like, man. Yeah, don't talk to the knife makers. I, I block their because like I'll post them like, oh, that's a great whiskey collection. You should add one of my knives to it. It's like what? Those don't even go together. <laughs> what am I gonna do with a, a Damascus steel knife next yeah. to my baker's collection? Sure, send me one. <laughs> yeah, okay. There, it's one hundred and seventy nine dollars for you. Uh, Send me one and I'll shout you out. And they're like, and they're they're good now. Yes. But yeah. Uh, thanks for doing this with us, man. We super appreciate it. Yep, and thank uh, you so much. I had a great time. This is a really good podcast. Man, man, I appreciate you all and your support and everything. Y'all been great, man. Yeah. We uh, love you. Thanks for letting me come on here. It it has been fun. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Glad you had a good time, man. Hope we we're a little bit different than the norm. No, y'all are good, man. Awesome. Yeah, we just need to do this just some other time. Just hang out. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hang Especially out. Especially when person. y'all come to Kentucky. Yep, that'll happen. If you ever make your way to Charleston and you don't call me, well, uh, I'll burn one of your rick houses down. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh man, uh, I was just kidding. But man, your internet's very go down again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Uh, Thanks again, man. We super no, appreciate this. No problem, man. I, I appreciate y'all having me. Honestly. All right. Well. Uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your whiskey. Have another. We're going to yeah, probably man. have another. And uh, Yeah, I'm going to pop a Baker's just for you here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, dude. I'm so glad to know you like I it as much what. as I do. <laughs> I love it, man. So good. I tell you what, though, man. Five o'clock is going to come early. What time do y'all get up in the morning? Yeah, I'm up at five, too. So. Yeah, we're, we're 5 a.m.ers. Yeah. Y'all are badasses, too. <laughs> Shit. Y'all are all over it. We're right there well, with I'm you, man. I feel like an old man. I'm like... Well, I didn't say I get up joyfully or with, with energy. It's it's a roll and, and drag into the shower, calloused hands and everything. So it's yeah. Me too, man. You're yeah, right like there with you, hard working early risers and uh, whiskey lovers, and it's it's what it is. Hell yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. Well, cheers, right, man. man. I well, appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good night. Yes, sir. You do the same. Cheers, buddy. Yep. Cheers, man. Y'all take care. All right. Yeah, you, you do the same. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.